Dear friends in Christ, God is our janitor. Now that doesn't sound nearly as uh, impressive as the Lord is my shepherd, does it? But it has a truth that is connected to the Holy Spirit and is important for us to remember. You know that even shepherding wasn't a, a glamorous, glorious life. And it is tied very closely throughout the scriptures with David that we'll hear about in just a moment. In fact, what really got to his heart was a story about a sheep. Now, when you start looking at God cleaning us up, the Holy Spirit, there is a specific kind of power that the Holy Spirit uses. He uses the tools of word and sacrament, and it brings a freshness to our lives. That's why we need it every week. I mean, how long can you go realistically without cleaning? Now, now some can go longer than others, but isn't it nice to come into a room that you can smell the freshness? Isn't it wonderful that you can tell it's clean? I mean, if you rented an apartment, uh, a, even just a hotel room, and you came into it and it was all rumpled the way the others left it, Stuff strewn all over, towels on the floor, and dirt everywhere. You wouldn't exactly like to be in that place. So the Holy Spirit is the one that cleans up our hearts. He's the one that does the work, even though it's not his mess. It's ours. And today we get to see a real example of that. There is a man who um, had, to, had to be confronted pretty directly. We know the story. And here is the same great king, warrior, who had rushed headlong down the path of righteous anger toward Goliath. Nobody else would do it. He's the one where you hear the rushing wind when he writes a psalm or sings a song. He's the one that has been translated into thousands of languages with his writings and his beauty and his admiration and love for the Lord, he asked for wisdom when God asked him what he wanted. But he didn't always show wisdom, did he? So today we're going to talk about how the Spirit freshens up our life. Well, how do you know where freshness is? First of all, you can smell it. <laughs> you can see it. But I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to take it right from David's words because I'm going to line the Old Testament uh, up with his Psalm 51. Familiar words, create in me a clean heart, so we're going to talk about how he cleans, and sustain a willing spirit. We're going to talk about how he generates that into a life that is a holy life. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. He keeps the freshness of forgiveness there. So here's the summary of the story. David should have been off uh, as a king, probably on the front. He should have been with his troops. He was getting a little bit uh, lazy, you might say. So he stayed back. We don't know exactly why, but he's up on the top of the palace, and he sees Bathsheba, and now you can just hear the music accelerate. If this is in video form, you can tell it's, it's not good. 
she's beautiful, and that's wonderful. She's uh, cleaning herself for ceremonial cleanness, but the king has desires. He calls her. She comes, who disobeys the king, and she gets pregnant. Now, at that point, it's covered by the darkness. You know, nobody else knows he is going to see if he can cover it up. And that's why the story about Uriah went on like it did. Her husband is one of the greatest of the warriors on the front. He's a Hittite, but he's one of the top 30 officers and swordsmen of the king. But you can't do it alone against an army if... There was one of me and all of you. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do that. Unless, of course, it's a miracle. Uh, once in scripture, do you remember that David and Jonathan, in the spirit of the Lord, two men, took on and killed 800 soldiers? That's pretty impressive. But it wasn't that way for Uriah. You ever seen a commercial where... Um, Somebody volunteers by everybody else stepping back. <laughs> and you didn't get the message. That's what happened to Uriah. Everybody else stepped back, and he got the arrow. He's killed. And it's because he's such a good soldier that he ended up in that position. David had tried through all of this. You, you heard it. He was trying to cover up his sin. And, and so he's going to start as a murderer. Not someone who's seeking sanitization. That's the word that goes along with sanctification. He doesn't seek to be cleaned up until after. And then he says, created me a clean heart, O oh God. You see, sin runs rampant into more sin. We've all done it. We start with something small and then we cover it up, push it aside. And that's more dangerous, isn't it? Incredibly more dangerous than adultery and murder is the lying that went on for nine months. And that it was not that it was such a secret. Joab knew because he had received the order. And it hurt and burned in Joab's heart. You know, no matter how small we might imagine it to be, every sin is a sin against God's holiness. So when I was writing this sermon and last Sunday, I didn't... I. I ate my oatmeal this Sunday, but I didn't do what I did last Sunday. I filled it up with milk, and I tried to put it into the microwave, and I spilled it all over the range. I made an absolute mess. And I thought to myself, my wife is not going to enjoy this, but I don't have time to clean it up. I left a mess. And then you drive by a car accident where somebody had been texting, and they ran into another car head on. And the ambulances are loading up a body. You see, sin can manifest itself in thousands of ways and levels, and you know this. In fact, our culture doesn't like to hear this, but it might be, it might be that you try to put the best spin on everything. And that's what we do. We've learned from uh, our media to put spin on everything. That's what David did. He spun it in his favor. But um, then came Nathan. And uh, we need this because it airs out our heart. You know how to get fresh laundry, don't you? The old way, put it outside on a clothesline 
And wasn't it nice to wear clothing that was freshened by the air? If you don't clean your clothes, guess what happens? Danger, germs proliferate, and you can eventually get sick from that, can't you? Not to mention that people won't sit next to you because you smell. <laughs> so uh, this is how we need this concept of repentance, like David, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Get me right. And he would only really be able to share that with us after Nathan stood in front of him and told him the story of a rich man who had taken the neighbor's pet lamb. David was so offended, he jumped up and said, I'll have the man's life. He's going to pay four times. I, this can't happen. And then Nathan said, you are the man. There it is. You look into the mirror and see your own eyes, and you know you have done wrong. Ouch. David sank back into the throne, and then he heard the words of forgiveness. His confession was pretty clear. I have sinned against the Lord. Sinned against him. And Nathan says, you are not going to die. You rely on the mercy of the Lord to create a clean heart. Purify us from all sin. It goes on. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And all this results in a new life. To create a willing spirit within me. Sustain me through that. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. He changes us from inside out. I hope today that he catches you a little bit with the law. And you say, yep, I know I shouldn't have done that. Ah, I'm like David. I'm covering up. And the joy of salvation will return to you. One of the biggest reasons why people have a, a gash in their relationship with God is unrepentance. They cannot tolerate being in his presence because they won't say, I have sinned against the Lord. When David did, it was harsh, but beautiful. The Lord said, I'm going to demand the life of that child born to Bathsheba, and David repented on his face. He actually did more than intermittent fasting. He wouldn't touch food until the baby died. And then he got up and he praised the Lord. There's a man of faith. There's a man with a willing spirit to obey the Lord. And I think that changed him a lot in the whole of his life. Now, you know, when uh, a janitor comes in, they have to have tools. They have a cart full of cleansers and scrubbers and things that you can get uh, dirt off and uh, make it smell good. Um, one of the things I like to do, uh, just because I don't have a very good nose, I, I cannot count on doing laundry by smelling it, but that's how my wife does. So if I'm not sure, I hand it to her and she smells it, right? So in order to make sure that she knows when things are clean, I have that little spray bottle and I spray it all around. And boy, when, when you get done, it smells fresh. And the life that happens after that is so much more joyful. The tools of the trade of the Holy Spirit include hyssop. 
And I, I just want to tie this last thing in from Psalm uh, 51. You may not realize what it means uh, to be cleansed by hyssop. It has a rich Old Testament Israel history. The hyssop plant was uh, very grainy and, and had a lot of leaves, and it would hold water or blood very well. In fact, hyssop was what the priests would use to sprinkle the blood out on the people for cleansing. It was to be cleansing for forgiveness of sins, ceremonial cleansing, even mildew. And so the hyssop plant ended up being the hardest thing for Jesus to take on the cross. Remember, they gave him wine, and that was a symbol of what Isaiah would say, the Lord laid on him the iniquities of us all. Jesus received the hyssop plant because he would be the one that would carry the sin. And here's what you didn't know, probably, is in order to put the blood over the doorposts for the cedar meal in the Passover, they used a hyssop plant. Cleanse me with hyssop. It means cleanse me with the blood of Jesus. What caused him the greatest harm, the greatest agony, is what cleanses us and gives us a willing spirit. David prayed this, and the salvation that was given to him moved him once again from a lowly shepherd to a great king. You see him uh, throughout scriptures, and especially in the psalm, seeking, crying out, and praying for God's grace and mercy. We can learn to see that in the Holy Spirit's work. We can see that where, when we are listening to the Word of God, when we're opening our Bible, when we are praying, when we are uh, drinking in the voice of God, that He cleanses us, and He gives us a new, right spirit. Amen.